What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. There's a reason more pros choose redneck blinds over any other blind on the market. Combining amazing quietness, scent control, and usability features, you have the ultimate hunting blind. Give them a call or check them out online at redneckblinds.com. Dakota Silence, we're embracing better. Our focuses, revolutionary concealment, extreme silence, enhanced thermal efficiency, purpose-driven functionality. Unheard, unnoticed, uncompromised. You're listening to the Outdoor Podcast, probably presented by Six Hour and created by Bowhunter Planet. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Outdoor Podcast. I'm Tim Mazzarano, along with not Dave that, that you see on the screen. It's actually Kevin in studio tonight joining me. Um, tonight we have Sarah Gamash, PNW Huntress. Sarah, it's great to have you on tonight. We appreciate you taking in your, some time out of your busy schedule here to uh, really kind of just BS with us for a little bit. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no problem. So so pre- again, appreciate you joining us. Um, we wanted to have you on because we, we see a lot of your social media stuff going on. You you We were actually talking before you jumped on tonight. You do all the dream hunts that everybody wants to do. Um, you know, you go on, you got pretty much every animal, every weapon that you use. And we kind of wanted to like, just get to know you a little bit and how you got into this and how you started it and all that kind of stuff. So can you start by giving us like just a quick background of like, how did you get into hunting in the first place? Yeah. So I started hunting when I was 11 years old and I'm, I'm from Washington state. So I started hunting blacktail deer and Roosevelt elk in Washington with my dad. And it was kind of just a family tradition and something that I did to spend time with my dad. Um, I wasn't really good at any sports growing up. Like, you know, when I got a little bit older into high school, I'm not very coordinated. (laughs) So I I found out very quickly that sports wasn't going to be my thing. And I just really fell in love with hunting. Um, I didn't shoot my first animal until I was 19. So I actually did quite a bit of kind of just taking along with my dad woods you know like I said getting that quality timing with him and then once I shot my first deer which was with a rifle that's what I started out doing this rifle hunting then I was kind of just hooked and decided that you know I wanted to do this for the rest of my life and it kind of just evolved from there um started out doing the rifle and then I think at like maybe 14 or 15 I started muzzleloading muzzleloading and people think I've been doing archery for a long time. I actually haven't. I didn't start doing archery until about six years ago. And then when I started archery, I really, really, like, that was like a whole nother level of passion that I found for hunting. And that's kind of when I started doing those hunts that you're talking about, like those dream hunts once I started my archery journey. Yeah, you got some uh, amazing experiences, it looks like, um, on Instagram, on Facebook, um, your website too, right? P- PNWHuntress.com has links out to all of your social media. Yes. So it, uh, for all of our viewers out there, if you want to follow along uh, with what we're talking about and follow Sarah along with, with her journeys here, PNWHuntress.com 
um, has all the links and a lot of great photos out there. So that's uh, so you've been you've been actually. I mean, I, we all call ourselves hunters, even if we don't shoot anything. And you started off at a young age. Um, that's awesome. I, I think we we hear that a lot, and I I love to hear it because you know hunting has such a tradition to it in and of itself, and to hear that you started. Um, to spend time with your dad and to, you know, really, really carry on that tradition that he was teaching you, I think is absolutely amazing. So it's a, it's a great story. And we preach our hardest to get kids out in the field. And you're a perfect example as the, as the, what can be accomplished when, you know, we take some time out and, and get our hit your kids out and get their uh, priorities set over those video games. Right. Yeah, definitely have my own kids now like we we're talking before we started recording I have a 12 year old daughter and nine-year-old son so of course you know I'm starting to get them into hunting and my daughter um, she started when she was 10 and she actually shot her first animal with a bow when she was 10. Awesome. Out, yeah she has some crazy natural strength so she was able to get up to 40 pounds with a bow at wow. 10 years old. I took her on one of my Texas hunts and um, she shot her ram with her bow. And it's definitely, it's cool how my hunting journey has evolved because, you know, before I had kids, it was just about me wanting to get out there in the field. And that's what my passion was, is me trying to kill an animal. And now that I have kids, it's like, sometimes it doesn't matter if I get out there, if I can get my daughter out there, you know, and she's successful, that's almost more rewarding than if I get something myself. So. It, it is amazing how that changes. We have a dedicated hunt each year for myself and all the owners uh, of Bowhunter Planet with our kids that that we go out and we spend time with them and, and create our own little youth hunt camp. And uh, I wouldn't trade those moments for the world, I'm sure, as you wouldn't trade them with your with your kids as well. Right. Yeah, that's what it's all about nowadays. <laughs> it yeah. is. It is. Takes up a ton of time for sure. Yeah, I got to um, take I got to take my grandson out. He killed a few deers, but last year he got his first buck with a crossbow, and and that it was more exciting than any hunt I've ever been on. It was great. Yeah, when I watched my daughter get her first animal, it was like me reliving when I shot my first animal. It's like it yeah. kind of kind of wears off over time. I don't get as excited anymore, but then like it just totally rekindled everything for me when she started. Absolutely. Talk to us a little bit about the content that you're putting out for TNW Huntress. I know we mentioned the social media stuff, but you got some other things going on as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I it, I haven't even really been in the social media world that long. Like, I think I started my Instagram, you know, five years ago, maybe. And I I had no desire really to do it at first, but then it kind of, you know, caught on very quickly and I, I got some followers and I, there were a lot of people that were saying I was inspiring to them. Uh, a lot of women hunters that were reaching out to me or maybe they hadn't started hunting yet, but they wanted to get into it. And so I was able to help them with their hunting journey. And I just, um, I found it to be very rewarding. So I kind of just kept it going. And now I, I make an effort to, you know, put my content out on there. Um, I do my website. On my website, I try to update like the events that I'm going to do during the year. Um, I do some group hunts, which have been really awesome. That's been within the past few years. We'll all get people together. Um, some of them might be friends. Some of them might be strangers that I don't on social media. And we'll, um, like New Zealand, New Zealand was a group hunt that I did. And there was like, I think 10, 10 people that came with me. And those are really awesome. You just get to um, 
make some great friendships. And it's kind of like the same, along the same lines as what I talk about with the kids, where you watch them be successful and that's so rewarding. But when you go on these hunts with people that maybe haven't got to do stuff like this and you watch that be successful, like same thing, like it just, it brings me a lot of joy. And so it's um, kind of my newest passion within hunting is the hunts that I've been doing. Well, that sounds like an awesome time. And I, I, I've heard of group hunts before, but but that's kind of cool that like you kind of invite everybody, you know, obviously there's spots to fill, right? And you're gonna you're gonna fill those spots up to a certain number. Um, but I think it's really cool that that you're willing to take people that maybe have not had a hunting experience before. Um, because I, I mean it's something that I've that this industry needs more of is uh people getting others out, not just kids. But I think especially too, women hunters, and I don't know if you specialize in, in your groups and like you, you have just all women go or, or if it's mixed or not, um, but a, a woman hunter helping other women hunters and quite frankly, showing us up, thank you very much, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, it's, it really does have a great influence on this industry. So that's really, really cool. And I do do both. I do like exclusive women hunts and then I do um, it's just kind of been evolving over time. Keep going. Um, I'm definitely going to, I try to do two or three of those a year. So if people are interested that are listening to this podcast, um, I, I put those on my website and you can jump on there and I, I'll have all the details. Very cool. So tell us a little bit about, about the podcast. How long have you been doing that for? Sorry, I missed the question. Broke up a little bit. Nope, that's okay. So tell tell us a little bit about the podcast. How long have you been doing that for? How many episodes do you do you have out? Well, I don't have my own podcast, but I've been I've been on a lot of podcasts as a guest. Gotcha. Okay. So those are guest appearances on podcasts linked on your website. It's been a while. That's why I say it's been a while since I've been a guest on a podcast. No, I don't have time to do my own. Maybe someday. There are some women that have some and it's pretty awesome. And I know it's a huge commitment, so I commend you guys <laughs> for doing it. It is. Yes. It's a lot, a lot of time and dedication, but, uh, you know, anytime I can sit next to, to Dave and, and Kevin and we just chat all night, that's what we used to do. We grew up together, known Kevin forever, known Dave forever. And it's just, it, it, it's like a hunt camp every week when we get on these, <laughs> on these podcasts. So yeah. it's a fun time for sure. So Sarah, um, Sarah, looking through your pictures, I got a couple of questions for you. There's okay. a picture of you in the mountain with a couple of dogs. You have the are those your dogs? Yeah, it's probably my German Shepherd and my Connie Corso. Okay, okay, that's what was that second dog? The Corso, the Connie Corso. It's a it's a mass Italian Mastiff. Oh my gosh, that thing looks that's a huge incredible. dog. <laughs> dog, and he does a good job at, at that. He's uh, I got the German Shepherd kind of as a guard dog, and she was worthless. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, that other one looks pretty intimidating. Yeah, so my husband is military and he's gone a lot, um, sometimes six to eight months a year, every year. And so we kind of live off the beaten path. We've got some property. We live out in the middle of the woods and I'm in Washington where it's like the Wild West out here because our governor decided to decriminalize everything. So um, got him a couple of years ago to kind of be here, you know, to protect the kids and I and protect the property and hold the fort down. Good for Very you. Cool. And the, the second question, I saw you holding up a rabbit. Did you get that with a bow? Yeah, I've shot, I've shot some rabbits with my compound and my recurve. How the I, heck I get, did you do that? 
Target. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut you off. What did you say? I said I get really excited when I can get one with my recurve because it's such a small target. So I feel no pretty doubt. That's, inc that's incredible. Yeah. I, I know guys that can't get it with a rifle. <laughs> let alone let alone a traditional. That's amazing. Does that how much practice do you put in on that traditional? Um, probably not enough. I gosh, my schedule is so crazy. But I was when I started with it shooting a recurve, I was doing it a lot and I was getting a lot of coaching. Um, Joel Turner is a close friend of mine and he's in the traditional world. He lives close by, so I spent a lot of time at his house. And then um Tom Clum also one of the best instructors for traditional archery he's in colorado but i did a lot of trips to go see him so i kind of you know, dove in feet first and um shot some animals in the first year with it and now i've probably like i said haven't gotten enough practice i need to actually get out and do it because i'm going to try to hunt with it in a week i'm going to try shooting antelope with my recurve in south dakota so oh wow here <laughs> that's really cool yeah. does your husband hunt he does. Yeah. He, um, he doesn't get to go on as many of the trips that I do just because of his military schedule. He's going to retire in two years. So once he retires, he'll be able to do more of those. But, um, like a lot of my international hunts are by myself. Like I go to Africa by myself. Um, he did get to go to New Zealand, which that was an awesome trip. And I'm very glad he got to do that. That was a, a two week trip. I think that's the longest we've ever got to spend together exclusively doing something like that. So that was really cool. Did he, was he a hunter when you met him? He was not. So that was um, interesting, you know, cause usually it's the other way around where the, the man is the hunter, he gets his wife into it. So nope, this was flipped. Um, I think it was something that was, he was interested in. He never grew up doing it. His dad didn't show him how to hunt, but his military schedule and deployment schedule was just so tough, mm -hmm. you know, but, but when we met and he saw that it was a big part of my lifestyle, he got into it, fell in love with it, of course. Um, and so, yeah, it's something he'll continue to do now for the rest of his life, I'm sure. Awesome. So when, when he, uh, I'm assuming he's he's deployed right now, when he gets back, you, you let him know that we're thankful for his service. So yes, we're really, Absolutely. really big on uh, first responders and military. Kevin was a first responder himself, um, but military, especially close to our hearts. So we, we appreciate his service. So let him know that if you don't mind. Um, Sarah, you said that you live in Washington, right? And, and there's some things going into in, going on in Washington from a conservation standpoint. Um, what, what, it, what, what is going on out in Washington? I know you mentioned earlier, and I think the whole country knows at this point, what's going on, you know, in the big city with, with the uh, decriminalization of everything. But I think there's some special things going on in regards to conservation out there. Yeah, so we are very close to becoming the first state that is going to do away with the North American conservation model and it is going to be replaced with what they are pointing a preservation model. So moving away from hunters and people like ourselves making the wildlife population, listening to our biologists on how the wildlife should be managed, and they think that um you know, just to be frank, it's it's the liberals and the people that live in the city that know nothing about the outdoors, nothing about hunting. They want to start having a say in how we manage our wildlife, and they think it's best that we kind of just let wildlife manage itself. 
that like, why does there need to be human intervention? These animals were fine, you know, however many years ago without humans, and why can't it just go back to that? They should be able to manage the population themselves just fine. So it's it's pretty scary. It's it's um, wild to think that we're we're this close to that happening. They they took away our spring bear season last year. Um, now they want to do away with all. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Predator hunting. That wow. I think was by April to do away with all predator hunting. Just some outlandish thing. They they listen to the biologists. Like, they let the biologists come into these meetings that they have and give their spiel and talk about the science and the data, but it it just falls on deaf ears because these people want to make decisions based on emotion. You know, they're saying, let's get rid of spring bear because it's not fair to hunt those animals in the springtime when they come out of hibernation. Today's episode is brought to you by Sig Sauer, keeping you safe in and out of the field, but also keeping you in the field longer with Sig's lamp of cross rifles, optics, ammo, and more. Learn all about it at SigSauer.com. Also brought to you by Tinks, Dead Downwind, Burris, Vapor Trail, Stokerized, Arizona Archery Enterprises, Apex Rewards, and Easton. Last year, Reveal by Tacticam quickly became the most sought-after scouting camera in America, making cellular scouting available to any hunter. We ask our users how we can make this outstanding camera even better, and this is our answer. Introducing the all-new Reveal X. Even easier setup, better battery life, faster trigger speed, on-demand HD photos, extended detection range. This season, find out what all the buzz is about. Get a new Reveal X by Tacticam. And they have cubs with them, and so we just need to do away with it. It doesn't matter, you know, if you tell them the logic and the science and how we manage numbers, they, they just don't care. So that's where we're at. Yeah, we so we had um ATA on last week. Um, their episode, I think, is actually just launched in, in our queue. So by the time everybody's hearing this, you probably have already listened to the conversation that we had with uh, Dan Forrester over at the ATA. Um, but there's a lot of that going on, but that that seems uh, extra um, extra drastic. So there, I, I know in talking to Dan and, and other you know people from the DNR, a lot of it they like the base on science, right? That's the whole point of having conservation departments 
is to do population studies is to figure out the best time to harvest animals based on their breeding and you know the the population and all that kind of stuff and uh, just simply ignore that um seems like it's a crime in and of itself right because i i, and I say that because it, it's coming from the same it's coming from the same state that that wants to preach science and global warming and all that stuff right but then they don't listen to the science for things like this and it's 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 unfortunately at that point purely political right a hundred percent that is a hundred percent correct <laughs> yeah so it, it is it is a shame um and we need everybody kind of gathering around that and um you know trying to take a stand against all that that happens so we we hope that you do not become the first one and a beta tester for that for that model because the thing is and the thing that I've known and I think what you what you probably know too is that once they start down that road, uh, they're probably not going back. No, and other you know? states, and it's just like the gateway. It's like the gateway drug, you know. For there are people that say, "Well, I don't live in Washington. It's not going to affect." Me. Even a hundred percent honest. I even started out with that attitude. Washington. And when he retires, we do plan on moving to Wyoming or Idaho or one of those states. But the problem is, is it could just as easily show up there. It might be down the road, but mm -hmm. um, we're all kind of battling the same battle. And and so I do hope more people get involved. I need to do better at it. Um, I am going to go to the meeting that they have on the twenty October 27th is like the big meeting where they're really going to decide on if we're going to adopt that model. And it's on my birthday, but I'm like, there's probably no better way to spend my birthday than fighting for what I love the most. So we'll, we'll see. What what is the idea behind eliminating all predator hunting? You know, I don't know enough. I haven't sat in enough of the meetings to listen to their side of the story. It's so hard to listen to because it's so just unrational. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure what their argument is. Like I said, they they want the animals to manage themselves, and they think that's that's possible. Um, and and like I said, people that are working off of emotion, and they see these bears, and they think they're cute and cuddly animals, and that it's cruel to kill. I mean, they just have no idea about the science behind any of it and how conservation. Yeah. But they really don't understand. Is they're going to get out of the they're going to cut hunters out of the equation. This is already happening in other states like California. They have to have contract killers. They're still going to have people killing these animals, but it's going to be done through the state. And they're going to, you know, the same amount of animals are probably going to end up being killed, but then it's going to be these people's tax dollars paying for these contract state killers to do it. And then they're losing all the money of the taxes from the, you know, the licensing and the tags and, you know, we spend money on taxidermy and all this other stuff is cut out there. And we eat the animals too. Right. I mean, yeah. Other shot years ago and we ate it. In Washington, we eat the bear that we kill because they eat berries right. and they're very good. My kids go to school with bear meat in their lunch, you know. And so when they cut us out of the equation, hire the contract killers, none of that's going to be happening. And I don't think they realize that. So it's crazy. Yeah, it seems like a miss of, of, potentially bad science but more importantly a feel-good attitude right toward towards nature and uh just wanting to nature bathe uh <laughs> if you will so because i and i have heard kevin i i have heard other models where 
the models are based upon um, if you, the, the predators are like the top down indicator or the top down uh, control for other populations. Oh. And, and I, I think I, I think I've heard the model that you're talking about, but that model typically doesn't work effectively in the long term. And there's a lot of, I believe, European countries that put that in place that are now kind of regretting it, if I remember correctly. And I think that's used a lot in uh, ocean um, ocean studies as well and how they manage like the ocean populations and predators and all that kind of stuff as well. So. Uh, good luck. It's not that's not a that's not an easy one, especially when you're dealing with a political agenda that at the end of the day, you know, it, it's how open are they going to be to change? And I think we know how politics works when it comes to op openness for change for the most part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's scary path we're heading down. Like I said, October 7th is the date that decides where we go from here. All right. I just so I would like, be go ahead, Kevin. Sorry. I just like what you said like it's people who live in the city have no idea what it's like to live in the country and deal with coyotes and bears and anything you know it doesn't affect them right. and yet they still think they that their opinion is the only one that matters right yeah exactly they don't like even understand where their food comes from yeah, that too. I mean, these are people that are buying, you know, meat from the grocery store that from cows that are in these factory farms that are living awful lives that are pumped full of hormones. You know, yeah. I haven't bought meat. I don't know how long. I mean, we just don't. And that's part of why I hunt, because I believe in, you know, the fact that these animals are in their natural habitat, how God intended them, you know, they lived a good life. I'm providing the quickest, you know, most ethical death this animal could ever have, because we all know the other options out there that mother nature provides and it's not pretty. Mm -hmm. And them to judge me that that's, that that's how I want to live and how I want to get my meat. And they're buying it from the grocery store. Like I said, from farms that are awful. And very good. Well, and the health benefits too, right? I've eaten wild game over over store-bought stuff that's fed God knows what and given God knows how many hormones and chemicals and all that kind of stuff. Well, I um, love bear meat. I was going to say, that, that was what I was going to say is that, and plus they are delicious. And uh, you said, you know, your kids go to school with bear meat. Um, bear meat to me ranks right up there with elk and white-tailed deer. It is an amazing meat. I don't think people realize that. Like we don't, I don't know anybody that actually hunts bear as a trophy. I know everybody that I know that hunts bear, hunts bear for the meat first, because that meat is amazing. It actually is probably one of the best, especially for sausages that I've ever had. Right. That we usually specialty meats like summer sausages. I know in places like Alaska, that's predator management. They're not usually right. eating bear that are eating fish. Right. People don't use, like I said, where I'm from, they're eating berries and stuff and the meat is delicious and my kids love it. And I actually, I went to a parent teacher conference. I think my son was like in second grade and she's like, your son, he's so funny. He just likes to tell so many stories. You know, he was telling the kids he was eating bear meat in his lunch. And I, I said, yeah, he was eating bear. And she's like, what? Like she was so caught <laughs> It's amazing how many people don't know that you can eat bear and, and how good it actually is. It, it's kind of funny. Yeah. 
For sure. But I, so Liz, I, I would be remiss to not take a second to have you talk about your sponsors and your partners, right? Because just like us, you know, I'm sure you wouldn't be able to do what you do with PNW Huntress without those partners. Um, so give us a rundown of, of your of your partners that you work with uh, in the hunting industry that help support you. Well, this actually might shock you guys. I do not have any paid sponsors have, so I have never awesome. been sent by a company ever. Um, so I own a couple of businesses. I'm a very successful businesswoman. So all the stuff that I do, I pay for out of pocket. There are some times where I'll do trade deals with outfitters if they need help with marketing. That's what my background is in. So I might do a trade where I'll provide some marketing help for them. Um, the the companies that I spot that um, I work with, it's more so like they give me free gear. So like it is a big they send a flagship bow every year. I provide them content. Um, Kafaru, I'm really good friends with owner with Aaron Snyder so I, I run all their packs. Um, Born Primitive is probably my newest company that I'm partnering with with their outdoor clothing line that they just launched. Um, people like Joel Turner who have his shot IP business you know like I said really good friend of mine he, he coaches me I can call him up and I come over he can help me with this no problem and in exchange you know like I put out some content for, for him so um, you know it, that's probably the biggest misconception about me is that people think I'm this big industry person. I'm tied in with all these companies. I get all this money and that's, that's not the case. And it's kind of, kind of for a reason, like I don't know that I want to go down that road. Um, I kind of like having my independence. I like being able to post what I want to post, say what I want to say. Um, I just like the freedom and I haven't needed the money to, to be able to fund my hunts from companies because I, I get that through my business more rewarding for me to kind of work hard and then reap the benefits that way. That I love no, that, that's absolutely amazing. I love it. I absolutely love it. So um more, what has more, go ahead Kevin. Okay so just you said you're gonna be hunting in about a week or so, but I'm uh, just curious what's on the agenda for this upcoming hunting season? Like what are you really looking forward to? What hunts have you got planned and uh what what what's going on? Um, so I just finished a hunt in North Idaho for elk. It was unsuccessful. That was a hard hunt. <laughs> um, it got cut short a little bit early for family family stuff that was going on. And then I went, I just got back from Colorado like a few days ago. I did an antelope um, hunt with my buddy, Alex Nestor. I got a nice antelope there with my bow, spot and stock. Oh. My first time. Very hard hunt. Um, my next one is going to be in a week. I'm going to South Dakota for mule deer and antelope. And I volunteer for a company called Outdoor for Our Heroes. Uh, they're a nonprofit based Washington where they take vets out on hunts. And so that's actually a hunt where I'm going to be taking a vet that was chosen through that organization um, to, to go hunting with me. So I'm excited about that because um, I've done a lot of volunteer work with them, but I haven't actually taken a vet on a hunt with me. Um, and my husband gets to go on that as well, which I think will be good because he'll awesome. be able to that person with them both being military. Um, so yeah, so that, that'll that be, I think like a six day hunt. And what, then as soon- What part of South Dakota? Um, I think we fly into- rapid city does that sound right and then i think it's like i don't know i'm really bad i haven't even paid attention where exactly it is multiple people have asked me about this um 
is kind of a last minute thing, but I know that it's an outfitter that's been around for a long time and has a lot of good um, property and, and good mule deer and antelope. So mm. I'm sure well there, I hope so. He's been texting me pictures of his hunters that are there now that have been getting stuff. So awesome. Well, we can't wait to, to see how that comes about. Um, you know, we're following you on on your social media to, to join along on the journey. So I can't wait to see the success coming up for you. Um, appreciate your time tonight and, uh, and joining us here and just kind of having a chat. We love just chatting with people that love the outdoors as much as we do, uh, especially when they're as successful in doing it as you have been. So we'll have to have you back on to, to tell some good stories next time. I'm sure you got some amazing stories out there, um, you know, with all the places that you've been and all the animals that you've taken. So I appreciate your time tonight, Sarah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we'll have to touch base after hunting over or something. Yeah, that sounds good. Keep uh, keep us posted on what happens in Washington too. Keep you know putting that out there. Yeah, I'm gonna try to start posting more about it and um, maybe get on another podcast and talk exclusively about that. There's some there's some groups that have formed now in Washington. People that are really dedicating a lot of time, you know, to this fight, and so I appreciate them. Yeah. like I said, probably be better getting on board and being more vocal about it. So I'm going to start posting more on my yeah. Awesome. Thanks, sir, for joining. We'll, we'll see you soon. Guys, have a good evening. Take care. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.